Hey everybody, it's Shaman Sister Sin, and you're listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by BetterHelp.com and LittleShaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. Today I wanted to talk to you about decoding the communication of narcissistic personalities. This is not just going to be about what narcissists mean when they say things, but about why communication is so difficult with narcissists in general. Pathologically narcissistic people have a lot of problems with communication. Not only are they dishonest, not only are they manipulative, but they have a lot of difficulty with perception, processing, cognition. Today we're going to talk about 25 or 30 issues. Yes, I said 25 or 30 issues that narcissistic people often have with basic communication. This isn't all of the issues that there are, of course, but we will address some of the most common and destructive ones. This isn't even about higher levels of communication, by the way, just basic communication between human beings. Please note before we begin, these problems are not all specific to just narcissistic personalities at all, and this video is not one of the hundreds of videos that attempts to list endless criteria for determining whether someone is a narcissist or not. This video is about how and why these communication difficulties show up for narcissists specifically. It is not a commentary on the difficulties themselves. It is not saying that only narcissists have these difficulties because that is not true. And it is not giving a list of criteria for anything. This is a much more nuanced discussion than that. And the focus is on how these things show up for narcissistic personalities. Not that these are things that only narcissists have or only narcissists do. Narcissists are human beings, and they often have similar problems to what many other people have, though these things may show up differently, be expressed or dealt with differently, or exist for different reasons. Many times, narcissists create the same difficulties in the people they mistreat that they themselves have. They also often have the same wounds as other people, which is one of the reasons that, for example, attraction can develop in romantic relationships. The growing inability to understand that causes a lot of confusion and upset for people that's really not necessary. It's kind of like saying narcissists eat food and then everyone who eats food says, oh my gosh, I eat food too. Does that mean that I'm a narcissist? The answer is no, of course not. We are discussing concepts regarding the mechanics of eating for narcissistic personalities, not claiming that everyone who eats is a narcissist. That would not only be false, but it would be silly. So hopefully that is understood. Communication is very important. Without communication, we have no way to get our needs, wants, feelings, or issues across to other people. We have no way to get what we need. We have no way for other people to tell us what they need. From the time that we are babies, we are communicating with other people and they're communicating with us. As we grow and mature, we learn to communicate better. We learn to use words, to read body language, to interpret tone, to examine facial expressions, to use context to inform meaning. We learn about how we come across to other people. We learn about how to state things in a way that best facilitates understanding and much, much more. We learn to understand the full spectrum of communication and how to utilize that. There are many, many areas where this understanding can break down, however, and when it does, there are problems. Narcissists often have major problems in many areas of the spectrum of communication, which can make dealing with them very difficult. A vast majority of the problems people have with narcissists are actually due to the narcissistic personality's inability to communicate and or fall under the umbrella of communication in some way. 
for example, their style of communication. Despite their very deserved reputation for being rude and combative, many narcissistic personalities have a passive style of communication. That means they often don't speak or respond directly. So, for instance, instead of asking for something directly, they might hint around or phrase it as a statement. Instead of saying, can you please take me to the store, they might say, I need to get groceries. If someone doesn't realize that this is the communication style, they probably won't respond by offering a ride. This, in turn, often upsets the narcissist, who assumes that the person knew what they were asking for and just doesn't care or is refusing to give it to them. When confronted, the person understandably says that they didn't know the narcissist was asking for a ride because the narcissist didn't actually ask for a ride, which only makes the narcissistic person angrier. This also comes off as very entitled, and we will address some of the possible reasons for that a little later in the show. Passive communication is a way of communicating where the person does not say what they really want, how they really feel, or what they really need. If directly asked these things, they may lie or deny even when it's obvious. For example, someone who is stomping around the house and slamming all the doors might say everything is fine when they're asked if they're okay. Their tone, facial expression, and behavior are communicating that they're upset and angry, but they're denying it. This is confusing for people and frustrating for the passive communicator who feels that nobody cares. Narcissists in particular react badly to feeling neglected, rejected, left out, or abandoned, which often leads to outbursts, silent treatments, tantrums, and passive-aggressive attacks like smearing other people. The people who are being punished for their failure to read the narcissist's mind often ask why the narcissist didn't just ask for what they wanted, and to people's endless frustration, the narcissist replies that they did. This is an impossible way to try to communicate, and it's made worse by the fact that narcissists appear to assume that everyone communicates in this same passive, indirect way. They live in a world where no one says what they really mean or how they really feel, where everyone is hiding everything from everyone else. They don't believe you when you try to explain that you really did not understand what they wanted. This is partly because they're egocentric, which means they believe they are the center of everything. Egocentric personalities tend to assume that everyone knows what they mean, what they're doing or going to do, what they're saying or going to say, how they feel or are going to feel, and what they want or will want. When they run into difficulties with these assumptions, and they always do because these things are not actually true, they don't adjust their thinking. They just assume that people know but are pretending not to understand or that people are consciously refusing to give them what they want, but they just won't admit it. This egocentricity does not allow for them to seriously consider that someone really didn't know. They can't conceive of a reality where they're not the top thing on everybody's mind, legitimately the only thing that matters. Because of this, the only conclusion egocentricity allows for is that other people did understand everything the narcissist never actually said, but are intentionally trying to make them feel bad or somehow screw them over. It's a no-win situation either way because even if you do make them understand that you really didn't know what you were supposed to know, this is then often interpreted as meaning that you don't care about them, which you will also be punished for. As we explored in the episode of the show entitled Narcissists and Cognitive Distortions Jumping to Conclusions, these kinds of assumptions create huge problems with communication. We cannot read other people's minds and they cannot read ours. However, narcissists often not only assume that you're supposed to read their mind, but that they can read yours. And many seem to believe they can see things in there that no one else can, including you. 
It's very common for narcissists to tell other people what that person is thinking, what that person is saying, how that person feels, what they're doing, what their motives are, and much, much more. And to argue with you when they're corrected. You say, no, that is not how I feel. That's not what I think. And they say, yes, it is. This can go far beyond gaslighting or lying. They genuinely believe that they're correct. Here again, we see the almost shocking egocentrism of this personality, as well as the level of cognitive distortion. I know what you are thinking, feeling, doing, and saying about me better than you do. I see what you don't see or what you won't admit. Because there's such a strong negativity bias in narcissistic thinking, meaning that they give more importance to negative experiences than positive ones, because they engage in a cognitive distortion called disqualifying the positive, meaning that positive experiences are not just given less importance than negative ones, they are interpreted as negative or not even counted at all, and because narcissists project their own self-loathing and negativity onto other people but don't realize that, instead believing that they're reading the other person's mind and feeling the other person's feelings, their conclusion is that all of the things that you are thinking, feeling, doing, and saying about them are bad, and so are all of your motives. And of course you deny it. Anybody would. No one ever says what they really think or how they really feel, remember, especially if it's bad. We are all just manipulative liars in the narcissist world. Narcissists also often fall prey to a thinking error or a cognitive distortion called global labeling, which is where they take a word or an action that was valid in a specific situation and apply it globally, meaning to everything. This often comes across as similar to context blindness because nothing else is considered except what was said or what happened, as if it happened in a vacuum or for no reason. Context doesn't matter and is not considered. If the thing was said or done even 10 years ago in a totally different context, a totally different situation, doesn't matter. It happened. It applies to now. It applies forever. This thinking is rigid and impenetrable. The egocentrism, cognitive distortions, and assumptions that everyone is being dishonest, these things alone are enough to create a wall that is essentially impossible to get past. Compounding this even more is the narcissistic personality's complete lack of trust in themselves or other people. They are paranoid, pathologically afraid of being tricked or fooled, and terrified of being manipulated and controlled, but they don't trust their own ability to protect themselves from this, likely in large part because they seem to have an impaired vetting system for determining what information is true or false. For instance, nonverbal communication plays a big part in helping humans decipher what somebody else is saying, what they're trying to say. Narcissists are notoriously bad at reading body language and facial expressions. People who routinely deal with them report this, and studies have repeatedly demonstrated that they read even neutral facial expressions as hostile, angry, or threatening. This may be related to the fact that many narcissists were raised by at least one narcissistic parent, and, as we see with virtually all narcissists, the parent's communication was likely passive or confusing. Their body language, facial expressions, tone, and other nonverbal communication would not have lined up with what they were saying. This would cause the child to be unable to understand or read these cues accurately, or at the very least to distrust these things and or their ability to read them. People never say what they really feel or really mean, right? This would leave an adult person with an impaired, untrustworthy system for trying to determine whether they should believe something or not. And it seems that most narcissists conclude that it's just safer to assume everybody's lying. That way, if someone is, they won't be caught off guard and they haven't been fooled. This way they can't be hurt. 
they don't seem to understand that this actually creates situations where people reject and abandon them because people get tired of being called liars and cheaters and abusers when they're not doing any of these things. They get tired of having to constantly tell another adult that they're on the same side or being forced to jump hurdle after hurdle to prove that they're safe to trust only for this to never actually happen. People give up and move on. Then the narcissist was right all along. No one really cares about anyone else and especially not about them. Everyone is just a manipulative liar. Narcissists have a strong negativity bias, as we mentioned earlier, and it works in conjunction with disqualifying the positive, so they believe that they have evidence for all of the negative things that they believe as well. Things that are neutral or even kind and helpful are interpreted through their own jaded, negative, and extremely biased perception as things that are harmful or selfish or hurtful. After all, everyone is a selfish, harmful person just like they are. Their self-loathing dictates that they will never believe anybody cares about them anyway because they project that onto other people. So they have a system that is essentially set up to dismiss everything as just more evidence that other people are bad, unsafe, uncaring, and untrustworthy. Disqualifying the positive specifically works as a negative feedback loop to reinforce the belief that everyone's bad, unsafe, uncaring, and untrustworthy because narcissists cannot integrate, possibly can't even recognize, positive experience that would contradict this negative feedback loop, which means there's no evidence to the contrary. Because of this, it's not uncommon for people to ask, if they distrust me so much, if they think I'm so horrible, if they think I hate them, if they think I'm trying to harm them, if they hate me, if they're doing all these things to me, why do they stay involved in these relationships at all? This is an understandable question, but it really misses the reality for these personalities. Why would they stay involved in a relationship, family, or situation with people they don't trust that they think are out to harm them? because in their belief there's no other kind. You look at it and say, if I thought that someone was so horrible in the same way that narcissists think I am, I'd find a relationship with someone that I could trust who I didn't think was horrible and evil or stupid or foolish or, or whatever. These personalities can't do that. There's no one they trust and they don't appear capable of taking the risk. The relationship is always the same for them no matter what. There's nobody better for them to have relationship with, regardless of what they say, because they end up seeing everybody the same way. It always ends up the same for them because they don't trust anybody and they very likely never will, not even themselves. Narcissists also have a very impaired ability to engage in reality testing that severely affects their ability to communicate. Reality testing is when you evaluate your reactions, thoughts, and conclusions against the facts of real life to see if they are accurate and appropriate. It's like a fact check. It is a way of helping the ego to distinguish between what's reality and what is a fear or a hope or a wish or a belief. The human ego in general can have trouble knowing the difference here, and it does sometimes need to be checked because of that. A really simple example of reality testing would be that your friend doesn't respond to your text as soon as they usually do, so you start thinking that they're mad at you or that they're upset with you. Engaging in reality testing helps you to evaluate the situation objectively so that you can see that you don't really have evidence for your conclusion because there could be many reasons that your friend hasn't answered you yet and the majority of them actually have nothing to do with you.
your conclusion was based on feelings, in this case fear, and not really facts. Because of that, you can see that you really don't have enough information to come to the conclusion that you came to, and that there are many other conclusions and interpretation of the facts that are possible, which means that your conclusion isn't something that you must accept as reality, since there is a legitimate possibility that it actually might not be. The pathologically narcissistic personality structure is not really set up to include that capability. Because of all the things we've discussed already so far and more, the ability of narcissists to test their conclusions against reality is impaired, extremely impaired in many cases. For example, you can accept that there are other reasons a person might do or not do something that have nothing to do with you. Their personality structure is not set up to truly understand this, and it appears to be very difficult for them to conceptualize that this is actually reality. They just don't see it, and telling them doesn't seem to land on them in any way. Similar to small children, narcissists are not really able to understand that other people have lives and motives and feelings and many other things that have nothing to do with them. When they are told this, they just don't believe it. In their perception, it's just not possible that this is true. People are lying. If you think about the first time you ever saw your teacher outside of school or when you realized that your parents were actual people who have always had lives that don't revolve around or even include you, you'll probably remember feeling surprised or maybe even shocked that they existed outside of how they relate to you and your experiences with them. This is very similar to how narcissists appear to view other people. They don't appear to care about, consider, or even know that other people are actual people who live outside of the narcissist and the narcissist experiences with them. It's not something they are able to understand and consequently do not care about or consider in any way. This is part of what creates the impression that narcissists expect people to simply sit on the shelf like a doll or a toy until the narcissist is ready to play with them. It's also part of what creates the narcissist's egocentric belief that whatever they are thinking about or worried about or care about or whatever is also what is on everybody else's mind. At the very least, this creates a kind of selfish blindness to other people's perspectives and lives. At worst, it creates claims of sabotage and paranoid reactions when people were not aware of what the narcissist had planned or was hoping would happen and stuff like that. People who honestly explained that they were unaware of the narcissist's plans or expectations may be called liars or worse. Narcissistic personalities simply cannot conceive of the fact that anyone has anything in mind but them. Because of this, people often say that narcissists believe that they're gods. That may be how this sort of all-encompassing egocentric mindset is expressed and articulated and perceived by adult human beings, but it's actually very much like a baby in that the baby is the god, quote-unquote, of the household and everything revolves around the baby and its needs. The baby is aware of its own self and own needs exclusively, and even these in only an abstract, totally experiential way, meaning they're not self-aware enough to realize they are a person or aware of their needs as things which are understood, but only through feeling them. For example, they're aware of their need for food through the discomfort of being hungry. In other words, babies don't think, I'm hungry, I need food, I better cry to let somebody know that. They cry from discomfort because their stomach is empty without being aware of why they are crying. Caregivers hear the crying, guess the baby's needs through trial and error or having information that the baby doesn't have, such as when was the last time the baby ate, and they address these needs knowing what the baby needs for the baby because the baby itself does not know. 
The baby is incapable of articulating or even knowing its own needs, but it also does not have to do these things. The caregiver knows and takes care of it. The baby therefore relies on and proceeds to take for granted the fact that the world will know what its needs are, that these not only will be addressed by other people, but that they have to be addressed by other people, they must be addressed by other people, and, by extension, that its needs and self are as important to other people as they are to itself. Indeed, the baby has no ability to conceptualize that anything other than itself even exists in the same way or could have needs. Even if these needs are attended to unreliably by neglectful or abusive caregivers, this reliance on people automatically knowing the baby's needs and addressing them still develops because it has to develop for survival. Narcissists do not appear to ever mature out of these assumptions. They don't appear to ever develop empathy or awareness and consideration for other people or things outside of themselves, and they don't appear to ever develop the awareness that they need to fulfill their own needs and or at least articulate things to other people because people can no longer just know or guess what their needs are. All of these things are functions of development and maturity. Narcissists appear to still take for granted that everyone knows what they will need and just give it to them, which means if people don't do that, the narcissist assumes that people are being punitive and withholding on purpose. They assume everyone knows what they want or are expecting or trying to do, which means if people don't operate according to that, it has to be intentional. The narcissistic personality's ability to engage in reality testing is impaired because they're not in the same reality that other people are in at all. They're just not, and you can't force them to be in it. They don't see it, and proof doesn't sway them because they appear to be missing some fundamental pieces that would enable them to understand and internalize what the proof actually means. Another thing that develops with maturity is the understanding that you're not always right. You don't always necessarily have all the information, and reality doesn't always agree with how you feel or what you think. Again, this is just not something pathologically narcissistic personalities are, are set up to do. With no ability to reality test, a disproportionately strong negativity bias, massive toxic shame attached to being wrong, and an impaired ability to vet information for truthfulness... It doesn't appear to be realistic to expect narcissistic personalities to really even be able to entertain the possibility of being wrong. It's just too big of a risk. If you believe you're wrong, then you're weak and you can be harmed by somebody who's just trying to convince you that you're wrong for some type of nefarious purpose. When you cannot trust in yourself and you have no ability to discern what is true or false, the only way you can trust other people is blindly, based on nothing. Simply take them at their word with no way to mitigate harm or protect yourself. This is not something these personalities are willing to do, and to be fair, most people wouldn't. The difference is most people don't have to do that because they have tools that narcissistic personalities don't have. Besides, the reality is narcissists generally believe they have all the evidence in the world that they're correct anyway. Narcissistic personalities appear to be legitimately unaware of their own limitations and because of that, they don't seem to realize there could be information they might not have or are not considering. They assume what they know is all there is to know, when in reality, they may be making decisions or coming to conclusions, jumping to conclusions based on very little information or even no information at all. Narcissists operate as if assumptions are knowledge, feelings are facts, and that what they infer into things is always representative of reality. Of course, none of these things are actually true, and the result is that many narcissists end up being told continuously that they're wrong, because they are wrong.
when you jump to conclusions based on nothing or you think you can read people's mind or you insist that feelings are facts, you're going to be wrong a lot. Due to the shame attached to being wrong and the thinking errors such as projection, which causes them to interpret things that feel bad as always being the result of another person's deliberate intent to harm them, this is just more evidence that they shouldn't trust anybody because everybody's bad. In many ways, the narcissistic personality structure is very limited, very immature, and really can only do a few things very well at all. Imitate and mimic, deny, deflect, and defend against criticism or anything that could be hurtful and damaging to the personality structure, and seek out the supply of reflection and confirmation they need to keep themselves afloat. All of these things are required for the continued basic functioning of what is really a pretty fragile and limited primitive personality structure. These things can't just not be done. They're essential for survival. So most of the day-to-day -day functioning is taken up with doing them. And there really isn't that much room left for anything else like maturity and growth and conflicting ideas. There's no room for not knowing. And since not knowing is seen as a vulnerability, narcissists are not really capable of entertaining the possibility that they could be wrong. This creates a fear that must be addressed, and the way many narcissists address it is by doubling down and rejecting information that does not agree with their conclusions. This is another big and meaningful difference between narcissistic personalities and those who are not. You can seek outside perspectives without attempting, either unintentionally or not, to manipulate others into saying what you want to hear. For example, if you tell a friend about something that happened and you're seeking their feedback, you will likely be pretty honest about what happened because you actually are trying to test your reality and see if your conclusions make any sense. Narcissistic personalities may also seek outside perspectives, but they tend to relate events in a way that is designed to elicit the feedback that they're comfortable with hearing. They are usually not trying to genuinely test their reality because they honestly don't appear to believe they ever need to do that. Why would you need to do that when you're not ever wrong? Narcissists tend to seek information that will confirm or promote a narrative or a belief that they already have. If this narrative or belief is that they are a victim, for example, they will tell stories that make them appear to be one. This could include everything from unintentionally skewed perspectives to omitted details to conscious outright lies. If they hear feedback which does not confirm their narrative or their belief, it will be discarded or reinterpreted to fit the narrative. For example, if the narcissist's narrative is that they are a victim in the situation and someone were to respond in a way that sounds as though they don't agree with that, the narcissistic personality may attempt to reconfirm the narrative to themselves by telling themselves that the person just doesn't understand or perhaps that the villain in their story, whoever that is, has gotten to this person and recruited them over to the dark side against the narcissist. What does not happen is that the narcissist hears feedback that disagrees with their narrative and they consider the possibility that they're wrong. Not when it's something that is intrinsic to supporting the narrative of their identity and the reality is that their identity is so unstable that they will use everything they can to create and to support it. Anything they like or that's related to them in some way can be used for this purpose. This is different from other people who use music taste, style, choice, and things like that to express their identity. Rather than using external things as the expression of an internal identity that exists independently of the things, the things seem to be the identity and are not distinguishable or separate from it for narcissists. Narcissists appear to use external things to create and support an identity. They seem to attach their identity to these things rather than the other way around and are often hypersensitive about them because of that.
For example, some narcissists may interpret someone not liking music that they like as the person not liking them, or criticism of that music as some kind of attack on them, even though they did not write the music, perform the music, or have anything to do with the music at all other than listening to it. This can be a very confusing and bizarre experience for people who, pretty reasonably, don't understand how not liking a specific band or the style of a pair of shoes means they don't like the person listening to the band or wearing the shoes. And they don't usually get an explanation for it because the narcissist doesn't really have one. It's very likely they don't actually realize this is odd or it's a problem that not everybody else has. Therefore, they don't believe other people don't understand it. You were definitely on purpose attacking and rejecting them by saying you didn't like that thing that they like. You just won't admit it because you're a giant liar and a bad person. See how easy that is? Besides, they're only reacting to how they feel and they believe that feeling bad is always the result of someone doing something to make them feel bad. It never comes from inside them as far as they can see it. It's always the result of something someone did to them. Narcissists appear to have serious difficulty experiencing themselves except through the reactions and participations of other people. Therefore, the feedback they receive from others is extremely important. Because of this, and because they come to feel that the feedback and reflections of themselves that they receive from others is always negative eventually, no matter who it is, this makes communication extremely difficult. It often results in the projection, blame shifting, shame dumping, gaslighting, and more that these personalities are notorious for. All of the things we've discussed so far lay the groundwork for what we are going to talk about next. That was part one of Decoding Narcissistic Communication. Look for part two, and as always, I look forward to your comments, questions, and suggestions, so please keep those coming. I take appointments online over the phone via text, via messenger, via email, and through Skype worldwide, so if you're interested in speaking with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. I teach workshops, clinics, and seminars throughout the year, so if you're interested in seeing what we're running right now, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. And if you're interested in joining our support group with multiple weekly meetings, access to exclusive content, and more, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that as well. You've been listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by BetterHelp.com and littleshaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. May the Great Spirit bless you. Have a beautiful day.